Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Good day, everyone, or good morning, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome back to Gather by the Ghostlight Original Stories for Radio Theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, sometimes voice actor on this thing, and I hope you all had an amazing Halloween. And just in the last month, there's been a huge jump in listeners and followers and subscribers, and I really mean this. I greatly appreciate all you guys tuning in. And please stick with me because we're approaching the Christmas season, and I have a few holiday-themed plays lined up for next month that were written by some amazing writers, and you're going to love them. But for today's story, we're going to keep it a little dark, if that's all right. You're about to meet Vivian Howard. She's currently relaxing on the front porch of her home in Louisiana. She's a proper lady and sickeningly sweet. She's also a recent widow to the famous musician Billy Boy Howard. And on this night, she's about to get a visitor, a stranger looking to collect one of her late husband's outstanding debts. This is called "The Deal," written by Ryan Kaminsky and performed by Courtney Prouty and Chris Bailey. And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with the writer. Sorry, I didn't mean to frighten you. <clears throat> no, no, the the fault is mine. I'm afraid I forgot my manners. Here I am taking a dance break on my front porch like a silly little girl when I have a visitor, a very well dressed, distinguished visitor. I see. Was that William Howard on the trumpet by any chance? Yes, yes, it was. Thought so. I never fail to recognize a signature Howard solo. Nobody could play the trumpet quite like Billy Boy. My name is Arthur Nelligan, and you must be Vivian, A.K.A. Billy Boy's wife. I am. I'm. I mean, I. I was. I mean, I'm. I'm not sure if you heard, but.、Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to word it like that. Yes, I know all about the accident. Saw it on the news when I passed by the bridge on the way over. Forgive me. This was not the way I meant to introduce myself. How's about we start over then?、Hmm? Fine by me. What exactly can I do for you this evening, Mr. Nelligan? Believe it or not, but I'm here to bring you something, something that belonged to your late husband. Bring me something? Are you saying you knew William? I did. Met him in New Orleans when he was a starving artist working at a voodoo shop in the French Quarter. Goodness, 
That must have been ages ago. It was. It was right before he caught his big break at the Jackson Club. Oh, the Jackson. It's been years since I was there. William and I would go all the time. They hung his picture on the wall and everything. I was in the audience the night he first played there. He was just a scared, scrawny kid back then, willing to do whatever it took to prove himself. The audience certainly wasn't on his side when they first laid eyes on him. That was until he started to play. The rest is history. That's really amazing you were there when it happened. It was quite the night, to say the least. A much cooler night for certain. Whew. Oh, goodness, you must be hot, especially in a suit like that. How's about some lemonade to cool you off? Sounds lovely. Great. Have a seat, and I'll be back with another glass. <laughs> hmm. What's this? Oh, well, that is something. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Now I'm the one who's forgotten their manners. I saw this check sitting on the table here, and I wasn't sure what it was. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to pry. It's quite all right. Life insurance people brought it earlier this afternoon. Never even realized he had life insurance. I've always been a bit of a scatterbrain with money, especially when it's unexpected money. Guess I haven't gotten a chance to bring it inside yet. Oh. Something wrong? Uh, <clears throat> no, I just didn't expect it to be so sweet. Want to know a secret? All my friends think it's homemade, but I just use frozen lemonade and pour in some extra sugar. <laughs> Interesting. Well, like I always say, we all have our secrets. Mrs. Howard, forgive me, but I'm just curious. What happened there? On your arm? Those aren't burn marks, are they? I'm afraid I was rather careless with the stove a while back. I can be quite the klutz at times, as you can also see by the bandage on my finger. You said you had something for me? Yes. <clears throat> keep in mind, I've tried to keep this in decent condition over the years. Oh, my. Now, this right here was one of William's first trumpets. In fact, it was the first trumpet he played as Billy Boy Howard. As you can see, it's still in great condition. Wait, are you telling me this is the trumpet he played that night at the Jackson? That it is. Look right here if you don't believe me. See? Oh, my goodness. This is a pamphlet from the club that night. It's dated and everything. I do declare, how on earth did you get this trumpet? It was mine originally. You see, the night before William was set to play at the Jackson, he accidentally dropped his only trumpet off the fire escape at his apartment. Now, he desperately needed a new trumpet, so I let him borrow mine. That was very kind of you. If you don't mind me asking, why did you hang on to the pamphlet for all these years? Because I knew William would be heading straight for the top after that performance. I knew the items from that night would be worth something someday. You were right there. I know many of William's fans who would pay top dollar for these things, especially now. I just can't believe you came all the way out here to give them to me. Now that you mention it, there is another reason for my presence this evening. Oh? Well, you see, I'm afraid your husband owed me something. 
something he failed to deliver. I see. Well, Mr. Nelligan, it embarrasses me to say this, but you're not the first person to whom William was indebted. Tell you what, how about in the morning we go to my lawyer and see if we can work something out, hmm? I'm afraid your lawyer would be useless in this case. I don't understand. Flip the pamphlet over and read. What's this? I, William Howard, do solemnly swear that in exchange for my success, my fame, and my fortune, I will grant Mr. Arthur Nelligan... Finish it. Complete and total ownership over my soul? You'll see the initials are written in blood, as is the date. What on earth is this? It's a contract, Mrs. Howard, signed and dated by your husband. It states that in exchange for me giving him the fame and fortune he so desired in life, I was to receive ownership over his soul at the time of his death. I'm not sure what kind of game you're playing, but it's not funny. I agree. There's nothing funny about it. Just like there's nothing funny about those cigarette burns on your arms. Come on, Mrs. Howard. We both know you didn't burn yourself on the stove. Billy Boy used to put his cigarettes out on you when he got drunk. He told me himself. And when did he tell you this? About an hour or two after he died. Okay, I'm calling the police. Go ahead. Police have no power over me. No man does. Stop it! Stop it right now and tell me who you really are. Who I really am? Over the years, I've gone by many names. For I was present when the earth began. I've soared above your skies as an angel, slithered through your gardens as a snake, and walked among your people as a charming stranger. Through it all, man has looked to me for guidance and often turned to me as a last resort. I am whatever man needs me to be. And in the case of your husband, I was the one who could make all his dreams come true. And as part of the deal we made, I was promised a soul. A soul which I have yet to collect. Oh my God. You can see it in my eyes now, can't you? You can see that I'm telling you the truth. If my husband promised you his soul, then what are you doing here? My husband is dead, so why don't you have his soul yet? Because the man who promised me his soul wasn't the same man who drove off that bridge. The man who promised me his soul still had a soul worth collecting. But over the years, he let his fame and his fortune destroy everything that made his soul pure. He cheated, he lied, he stole, and most of all, he delighted in abusing you. Such crimes made his soul rot, and a rotten soul just won't do. Then what do you want from me? Isn't it obvious? When your husband died, you inherited all his fortune, which means you also inherited all his debts. No. No, you can't be serious. You know I am, or else I wouldn't be here. As part of my deal, I need a soul that's fresh and pure, and with Billy Boy's soul as black as night, I'm afraid I'm left with yours. No. Please. No, my my soul is far from pure. It's pure compared to your husband's. That man committed every crime short of murder. And because of that, well, I need... What did you just say? What? About my husband's crimes. I said that man committed every crime short of murder. 
And does murder blacken the soul? Of course it does. Does a God-fearing woman like yourself really need to ask me that? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is this somehow funny to you? No. What's funny is you never asked me about my bandaged finger. Your finger? What are you talking about? While William did abuse me, what happened to my finger was my own doing. Let me show you. See that? Real deep. Hmm? I cut it myself. I cut it while I was puncturing the brake line to his car. You... You did what? I punctured his brake line. Which means William drove off that bridge because of me. I murdered him, and I would gladly do so again. So if murder blackens the soul, then I'm afraid my soul is as black as your tie, Mr. Nelligan. No. No! You're lying! You're lying. You can see it in my eyes now, can't you? You can see that I'm telling you the truth. How dare you? How dare you cheat me? As you said before, we all have our secrets, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) My, my, my. Here's to you, Billy Boy. That was The Deal, written by Ryan Kaminsky and performed by Courtney Prouty and Chris Bailey. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. Joining me now is the writer of this story, Ryan Kaminsky. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Now, the story the audience just heard is called The Deal, and uh, it's about someone making a deal with the devil or a demon or whatever entity Arthur Nelligan is. And over the years, there have been movies and books and even songs that kind of dealt with that same scenario but i really like what you did you kind of you put a twist on it and kind of gave it a a fresh take uh could you give us any insight how did the story come about in your head well when i was in uh, college i was a playwright major and uh, one of the plays i was working on at the time was going to be a full-length horror play and the arthur nelligan character he was he was in the play he was one of the main characters And I worked on the play for a while. And when it was done, I really wasn't that happy with it. It was kind of dark, disturbing, bit unsettling, really wasn't all that pleasant. I like to think of that that story as kind of like Rosemary's Baby on steroids. I did not, in my opinion, uh, would make for a good night in the theater. So I set it aside. Then uh, when the lockdowns first happened and when everybody was... uh, under quarantine, this uh, theater by me uh, in my home state of New Jersey, they were doing a a short play contest. So when I saw this contest, I thought this would be a great way to bring this character back and put him in a story that I liked a lot better. And I thought that worked. So it kind of originated from that. The character was uh, sitting around a play for, I'd say, close to like 10 years. And then he finally got his uh, moment with this uh, co- with this uh, contest. And the place had a few uh, productions here and there. Now that some theaters are starting to open again, it was recently uh, featured in a uh, 
Halloween festival. So glad that, you know, while uh, I wasn't happy with the original uh, story that he was in, I was glad that he could, you know, serve into another story. So that's how it came about. Nice. So the premiere of this play was at the, the stage play version was in New Jersey, your hometown in that play festival. When, when was that? Exactly. Uh, well, it wasn't originally picked for the uh, festival that I wrote it for, but in terms of competitions like these, I always think that it's best to enter them. They're a great creative uh, exercise. And no matter what happens, you're going to have a play that you're going to be proud with under your belt. So uh, there was actually another theater in New Jersey. They were doing like a virtual play festival and they picked it for that. And this was October 2020. And then this past year, it's, uh, it's had a, a few credits. It was in the uh, Halloween Festival at this uh, theater in Georgia. And uh, students at uh, Iowa State University a while back, they uh, did it for their uh, final directing class project. So this past year has been a good year for it. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious because I know being a writer myself, when you started writing this, did you already have it all mapped out or as the characters were talking, were you thinking of new things as it went along? Like like the twist at the end, was that always there or how, how did you uh, map it all out? Uh, the basic premise was always there, a story about a mind game between two characters and uh, taking on the old... Uh, the old like horror story, the deal with the devil, but want to put an interesting twist on it where you find out that you know, the devil, he's after this soul and the twist is that the person like did something so horrible that the devil wants nothing to do with them. And that's how they beat the devil. But in terms of the story details, those came out in the uh, writing process and their relationship and their uh, backstories that came out. Awesome. During the writing. So, so I guess before we wrap up, this is kind of your moment to plug anything you want to plug. Do you have any other, other creative outlets, anything you're currently working on or where can people see the next Ryan Kaminsky play in a theater uh, in terms of a theater i have a, a student she's uh at uh university of california in uh, santa barbara and uh she for her final project they're having a night of one acts there she's doing a one act play of mine called the actress i've also heard from uh, iowa state university again and students are interested in doing the this play as their final project, the new group of students for their uh, directing class project. And in terms of uh, new projects, I recently uh, finished a historical drama play. I was one of a handful of playwrights. We uh, got commissioned to write our own uh, plays based on this material. It's about, uh, he was the second governor of Illinois and he was an anti-slavery advocate. His name was Edward Coles. So I just uh, finished that historical drama play and I had never done historical drama before. So it was a great challenge, was a lot of fun. And in terms of uh, upcoming after this year, I have uh, all my plays are on my uh, new play exchange profile. That's uh, Ryan Kaminsky, can see my work there and read it and looking forward to what 2022 is gonna bring. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you all for joining us. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce a stage play version of the story you've heard today, send an email to gatheredbythegostlight at gmail.com to get connected with the playwright. And if you're looking for a way to further support this podcast, please visit the link in the show notes for some merch or join the Patreon page. And also, be sure to follow Gather by the Ghost Light on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the ghost light.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.